Welcome to the playoffs. What's going on, Sam? What's going on, Hank? Welcome. So it feels so great that we were doing a playoff stream after the first few years doing the show, the Giants being so so bad. It makes those years kind of worth it in a sense. Yeah, this is our first playoff show ever in the history of Big Blue Avenue, which is amazing. Jackets out. Um, Nice. I'm so pumped for tonight, folks. Welcome. If you're new, this is Big Blue Avenue. If you're watching for the first time, make sure to go. Check out all of our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Big Blue Avenue. Appreciate all the support. And a friendly neighborhood reminder before we get started, because I'd like to get this out of the way. Check out our sponsor, BetUS. You can sign up with our promo code below at JOIN125. Get a 125% sign-up bonus where you can bet on the go, anywhere, anytime, straight from your mobile device. That's BetUS, where the game begins. If you like to bet on hockey, NBA, I recommend putting in some bets tonight or this weekend's football playoff games. Hope you all enjoy and sign up. Now, oh, we got stuff to talk about. And I'm going to be honest with both of you. Um, I missed the second half of the Eagles game Sunday. I fell asleep. Um, fortunately, I had to work the 4 a.m. shift. So I was a little annoyed the game got flexed to 425. Uh, Giants lose 22-16 to with their third stringers. Davis Webb, first career start, but Sam and Hank, I mean, you tell me. I know we already did our recap video, but a lot of the rookies impressed in this game. Cordell Flott, Micah McFadden, Dane Belton, those dudes balled out. Yeah, I think that we were um, expecting and almost like wanting to have some of the starters come in for this game, but we didn't get that, which mm-hmm. we, I think we were all a l- just a little bit annoyed about. We kind of wanted to give him a few reps in, but nonetheless, I think that with what they had, they gave the Eagles who were playing their starters a run for their money. And overall I was expecting when I knew we, we, we weren't starting anyone, I really had no expectations for this game whatsoever, but I feel like they did a very good job considering what they were working with. And the Eagles Honestly, we're not like the best Eagles team and they're like this number one seed in the NFC. Um, But no, I think that everybody did a really good job. You know, shout out to Davis Webb for going off the team on the team, practice squad, roster. Like he's been all over the place and he's finally come in and started for us and didn't get the win, but I think did a fairly good job. Yeah. You know what? That whole, everything that happened last Sunday, not the worst thing in the world in my honest opinion, because You know, all things considered, you know, the Giants already had that playoff spot. And even though I would have preferred to see more of the starters getting, you know, maybe some of the reps, I can't say I hate the decision because, listen, let's face it. If you know the Giants, we have been cursed with horrible injury luck over the years. And if anything disastrous had happened to say Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones, Brian Dable gets hung. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but that's that's the honest to God truth. You know how New York sports media is. But with that being said, you know, credit to Davis Webb. I know, I know he uh, didn't really get any points in the first half, but in the second half, he held his own. The Giants made things close. And, you know, shout out to Kenny Galladay for finally scoring a <laughs> touchdown for you know, the New York Giants only took them, what, 34 games for that to happen. But didn't one, of, didn't one of us say watch Kenny score? 
I'm pretty game. sure. I mean, we've been saying that I feel like this entire year. You know, it was like this is the this is the week. <laughs> somebody bet on it too. I think it was the the Daniel Jones crush girl, NYG crush bet mm. on Galladay scoring a touchdown. I was like, oh my god! Wow, this thing actually hit. It must have been a huge payout. Yeah, um, probably like plus five hundred or something because he was getting reps. But um, I will say, the Giants backups did overachieve in this game. I think Hank and I established him and the recap that it's a combination of the Eagles playing down to their competition and the Giants just being a really well coached team like they've been all season long they can pretty much throw anyone out there and compete they finished the regular season nine seven and one Um, the offense finishes the season ranked 15th in scoring this is the highest ranking since 2015 the Giants were 31st the previous two seasons in scoring. And Mike Kafka, who's getting head coaching interviews now, by the way, by the Texans and the Panthers, brought this Giants offense to the middle of the – got to credit Dable as well and Daniel Jones and Barkley, but you both get it. You go from mm-hmm. 31st to 15th in one season, people are going to be knocking on your door saying, hey, Coach Kafka, how did you do this? Yeah, Definitely. Now, if I'm him, though, I'd probably want to stay away from those uh, coaching opportunities. And I'm not saying that yeah. because I like having him as offensive coordinator, but who in their right mind wants to go to either the Broncos, the Colts, or like the Panthers? Those, those teams are, and, or the Cardinals or the Texans. Those teams are all an absolute mess right now. But that's their problem, not ours. This is true. You never know. You never know. But I will say this this is Kafka's first time in the cycle. I don't think he's getting a job yet. I don't think so. But I think at this point, it's it's more of the recognition than anything. Absolutely. And the Giants were seventh in red zone touchdown rate this year as well, offensively. Previous two seasons, they were last and second to last. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Tom, right? Yeah. We were talking about the red zone mm-hmm. stats. Nothing makes me happier than that stat. I'm obsessed with that stat. And we've been trying to achieve that for years now. Since Daniel Jones got drafted, we've been trying to achieve that red zone stat. And we're finally there. And, and there's room to grow, too, of course. But, wow, like we, the, the amount of progress that's been made in one year is amazing. Astronomical. A um, couple comments. Noah Dog Dibler saying hello. What's up, Noah? Thank you for the comment. Giants can beat the Vikings, but it will be a lot closer than the UGA TCU game. That was a record-setting boat racing. <laughs> let's re- let's hope it's nothing like the UGA TCU game. Let's hope that. That was. Bad. I will agree with Sam, but I wouldn't mind if the Giants were on the other side. But we know oh, that that's not realistic. Flipped, but all right. We just reached thirty points like last week. <laughs> well, generally such thing as a Giants blowout, like more often than not. Absolutely. Uh, Garth with this comment, squatting 500 pounds for sets, but still making time to show some support to my people. Woo! (laughs) Nature boy. Shout out Garth. Get those gains, bro. If Fonz was here, he'd do the wah, wah, wah (laughs) sound effect. (laughs) That was a, yeah. Love it. um, Andrew Thomas also offensively this year. Guys out of left tackles with 12 or more starts. Only Laramie Tunsil, Trent Williams, and Teron Armstead had better pass blocking efficiency. 
than Andrew Thomas. The pride of the University of Georgia has allowed just five sacks total combined in his last two seasons. He's been incredible this year. Um, I can't tell you enough. In fact, I'll, I'll go as far to say is I think he is the best left tackle in the NFL. I think he's probably going to get snubbed from a first-team All-Pro nod. Yeah. But he played very well. Let's, let's just say it. He's the best left tackle in the NFL. I mean, I've never heard anybody say, at least in this current environment that we're in right now, anybody who is getting praised as much as Andrew Thomas is in his position. So I, I think we, that we, it's safe to say we can go out and say that. You guys know where I stand, and I continue to stand by this opinion. He is arguably the MVP of our offense, and you can tell me Barkley and Jones and make no mistake, they've been great, but they wouldn't they be able to do it without, without him. Exactly. That's exactly it, Sam. I agree. Noah's, <laughs> Noah's commenting us backstage, playing our backstage boss role tonight, uh, preaching Andrew Thomas. But hello, Jamie. Saying what's up. Hi, Hank's mom. Hi, <laughs> Big fan. Big fan. Jamie Comstock. Thank you so much. She is awesome. I agree. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball before we get to our Giants player of the week. The Giants have reassembled what people like to refer to as the big blue wrecking crew with Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence was the best player on the defense this season. He will be a first-team All-Pro. There's no doubt about it. Um, the pride of Clemson. Uh, I don't know why we're just saying college names, but <laughs> Kayvon and Aziz had very similar stats to their rookie years. Now, Aziz had double the sacks that Kayvon had, but Kayvon, let's go over Kayvon's stats this year, right? He had four sacks, 13 quarterback hits, 18 pressures, six tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, five pass deflections, and 49 tackles. Ojolari liked Kayvon, had 49 tackles, forced fumble, eight tackles for loss, 27 pressures, 13 QB hits. So the exact same number of tackles, the exact same number of QB hits, but he had eight sacks, which was four more than Kayvon Thibodeau. And Thibodeau only logged 40 less snaps than Ojolari's rookie year. How crazy is that? I mean, the like the only thing is that uh, Kayvon didn't play – what was it? Two weeks in the beginning of the season, but not not that that means anything because it's only two weeks. But yeah, no, it's wild. What do you think, Hank? I, I think this is the like the Strahan OC Tuck duo pairing that the Giants have needed for like the longest time ever. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. I agree. And you know they're getting their first taste of uh, playoff action, and the scary part is they're both a couple years younger than we all are. And you're going to see them. Quarterbacks are going to be scared of those guys for years to come. It is going to be great. And I can't wait to see what they do. And uh, Noah, I like your comment and I totally get where you're coming from with Aziz, but I think both of them are absolutely fantastic and they complement one another. So I can't really tell you who I prefer if I'm being quite frank with you guys. I have an answer to the question. Yes. I prefer Aziz as a pass rusher. I prefer Thibodeau as the all-around defender. Because mm. Thibodeau does a little bit of everything. 
That's fair. Aziz is a strip sack master. Yeah. At least oh, that's that sounds like number 72. Can't lie. Sounds like number 72, OCU Minora. But for people who are saying Daniel Jones and Kayvon Thibodeau are the next Phil Sims and Lawrence Taylor, let's let's pump the brakes just a little bit. Just a little bit on that. Don't ever compare any any giant, any current giant to Lawrence Taylor. I'm sorry. Like I it's great when you can like get excited about a guy, but you know, you guys know I do not like comparisons to the legends. I hear you on that. Um Anything else we want to add recapping the regular season? Um, well, we're, we'll recap the regular season um, at a later time again. But anything uh, before we get into our player of the week? I think we covered all the bases. Yeah. All right. So now, you know, this is going to be an interesting part of the show. And um, I had trouble coming up with who to pick this week. So I kind of leaned on both of you. Um, but after watching the highlights, this one guy just really, really stuck out to me, uh, defensively. He's been a starter now for like the past nine or 10 games. And Sam, we actually decided on the fifth round rookie out of Indiana, Micah McFadden. Yes. A linebacker, ladies and gentlemen, gets our New York Giants player of the week. Yeah. I think that uh, with with who we were working with last week, who was playing, uh, Micah was somebody who really stood out to us. Uh, Fifth-round rookie linebacker out of Indiana. Seven tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss, and one quarterback hit. He had a sack on Jalen Hurts, which forced a 10-yard loss in the red zone, which was key to the game. Um, 79.7 PFF grade, which was the highest on the team this week, which is very impressive. He played 48% of the defensive snaps versus the Eagles. And in 2022, he played uh, 17 games. Seven of those were starts, 59 tackles, two sacks, six tackle for loss, and one forced fumble. And just all around an excellent linebacker for the, the, the hole that we're losing with Blake Martinez and our diminishing defense recently. Yeah, and, you know, in all honesty, this was a game where there were other guys who I would argue were also worthy of getting the uh, player of the week from us. I would say that uh, Dane Belton was another one. He had that big interception in the end zone, and he probably could have had another interception too, but at the end of the day, he had a very solid game, and he made some plays that definitely kept the Giants in the game. You could also argue... Uh, you could pop, probably argue Davis Webb, all things considered, but the only reason, Tom, you and I kind of stayed away from him was because of the zero points in the first mm-hmm. half. But nonetheless, I still think he held his own like towards towards the second half of the game. I also thought Dane Belton should have had a second pick, which, by the way, the funniest part of the game was when they put the camera to Davis Webb's parents and his girlfriend, and then there's an empty seat between – the two of them and they're explaining, Oh no, they like each other. Somebody just got up to use the bathroom. <laughs> Probably a, a sibling or whatever it was, but that's important that to point out. Funny. It's important yeah. to point out. You don't want any animosity between the in-laws there. But I will say this, um, long time coming for Davis Webb, really proud of him. 
and what he was able to do. Rushing touchdown, the heave to Kenny Galladay late in the game, he fought. That dude's a warrior. He is tough, smart, dependable. Best third-string quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> hey, we used to have the best backup quarterback in the NFL in Colt McCoy a couple of years ago. That we I will, I will die on that hill. Yeah, you were right. He he was better than Mike Glennon. Um, <laughs> not my MVP. Yeah, uh, we don't like Jalen Hurts either. We we really don't. Uh, I mean, to be what fair, is, what is there to like? I do like Jalen Hurts. I don't yeah. like Jalen Hurts on the Eagles, though. That that's exactly. Um, no comment. <laughs> no, Hank Hank hates that I like Jalen Hurts. No, I don't hate them. You 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 can like who you like. I'm just like. Not as big on Jalen Hurts as like you are. I just, I more just like his demeanor on things. Like he's not like boasting about things. Like when he scores, he's very like you Mm -hmm. know, you know, he's not crazy. He's not all over the place. I, I just kind of like that in the player. Um, but you know, if he was on any other team, I'd probably be rooting for the team that he was on. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Another reason why I like Daniel Jones: nowhere to be found on social (laughs) media. Nowhere to be found. He'll he'll post something like once every six months. That's very true. I I was looking something up on Twitter the other day, and I searched Daniel Jones to like look for something, and he popped up like on like that. I follow him on Twitter, and I was like, I didn't even know that I followed Daniel Jones on Twitter because I didn't even know he had a Twitter. Andy Hopper is saying hello. I'm just here to say that Hank is very handsome. That's are, very Hank. nice, Andy. Appreciate you, Also, bro. I will say this. Andy, congratulations on your number one overall pick in the draft. First time that has happened to the Chicago Bears since, uh, I believe, since Harry Truman was in office, 1947. Oh, my God. That was our... Damn. Yeah. That was a long yeah. time ago. That was uh, a while ago. Andy says, let's go. Um, yeah, also, we miss Brett Bielema. I'm just saying, Andy. I mean, I know we have a new coaching staff now, but I miss that dude. Uh, 2020 outside linebackers coach that left before the team even. Uh, Andy also says, now let's trade down and get a haul. Yeah, because you're not taking a quarterback. Honestly, wow. that's probably that's probably your best bet. I think you have your franchise quarterback already. Yeah. I love Justin yeah, Fields. I think he's trending that way. Mike DeSanto saying what's up. Another fellow Giants fan. Let's go Giants. Six years. That is correct. It's been a long time coming. I mean, this is our first playoff show ever. We're going to make the most of it tonight. I believe we were all in college, if I'm not mistaken, last time the Giants were in the playoffs. Yeah, I would have been a sophomore. Yeah, Hank and I would have been sophomores. Hank, would you? Uh, uh, Tom, would you have been junior? Uh, let's see. Or senior. 20 fall to a senior. Tom is our elder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, hey, I was still in college. That's, yeah, that's very fair. Everyone was in college. Week 19 has been an interesting week thus far. So we talked about the potential coaching candidates, but the Giants, they worked out a few receivers this week, and they wind up signing James Washington to the practice squad. <laughs> former Dallas Cowboy and former Pittsburgh Steeler. Now, I will say this. Um, he played in two games for Dallas this season following a foot injury in training camp, 5'11", 213. He's played in 60 career games, has 11 touchdowns, 114 catches, and over 1,600 receiving yards. That's pretty much more receiving yards than 
any current giant receiver has than outside of Darius Slayton, probably. Um, he had three touchdowns in 2019. That was his best uh, statistical season. And then he had five touchdowns in 2020. Do we think this guy could have an impact? I think he'll likely be a practice squad elevation, but I want to hear from both of you. What do we think about this one? Yeah, I, when I saw that, I was pretty excited because, as you guys know, my brother is a Steelers fan. Um, and I remember when James Washington was on the Steelers. Um, I think that at this point in our, in our roster, um, having another wide receiver that has that starting potential and that can, we can have just on hand in case we need, I think is, is beneficial in the long run. I mean, we, we don't have this star wide receiver, as we know, as we've talked about throughout this entire show, this entire year. I don't see anything wrong with it. I'm, I'm, I think that he's a good, solid wide receiver. Hopefully he meshes well with the offense um, that actually works. And I, I think, again, it's good, good to have. I agree. I think he'll be a decent player. I don't know how many reps he'll get, but I think he's yeah. a good depth piece, considering if the Giants do advance, and let's say there's an injury to the receiver position. Sure. It's a good option. I was a senior, too. Yep, 2017, boys. Mike, Washington at his hands could be helpful. Yeah, he does. He has played in big games. Noah says, glad Atlanta gets a chance to host the championship game again because we know those bums <laughs> that play there won't do it anytime soon. You know, technically, about. this actually isn't the first time that the Mercedes-Benz Stadium has hosted a, a neutral site game. Do you guys really? know what the was? I don't. Uh, Super Bowl Fifty Three. I was gonna. I was gonna say. So was it a Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. I was gonna say that. <laughs> also, that great was, news. Actually, I call Super Bowl Fifty Three the uh, Jared Goff suck fest, and yeah, it's defensive. One of the worst Super Bowls of all time, if you will. Yeah. No, I think the worst one, one was uh, Forty Eight. The blowout, the Seahawks Broncos. I think that. Yeah. Was Not to digress, but license plate guy just quoted. Peyton Hillis is off a ventilator and on the road to recovery. Wow. Thank yeah. goodness. Yes. Yeah. Um, we got to send out as much love as we did for DeMar to Peyton Hillis because he's, he's going to giant an too. exact same thing. And we just didn't see it live on television, but he was saving his children from drowning. Yeah. I think that that was very heroic. I so. think with him, wasn't it uh, kidney and liver issues? And he was coughing up sand in the hospital. Yeah, which was terrible. But good news. Very good that. news. Great news. Yep. Uh, what else do we have? So Dexter Lawrence and Andrew Thomas named to first team all pro by PFF. Unfortunately, Thomas will likely not be a first team all pro overall. Uh, the Giants released their 2023 opponents, um, home teams. Now, NFC will have only eight home games next year. They'll have nine away games. And I'm looking at some of the opponents that we have at home outside of the division. We have the Rams. They might be gone, so we'll see there. Seattle, New England, the Jets, and the Packers. Away are divisional opponents. And then we have some desirable opponents, some desirable destinations, too, for road games this year. Mm. Arizona, good stadium. It's where we won 42. San Francisco, Buffalo, Miami, Vegas, and New Orleans. I mean, I might need to go up to Buffalo again. Yeah, mm. yeah I might need to do that. That sounds can like I, um, amazing. Sam, can I fit your suitcase? Yeah, we'll just toss you in the car. We'll just t- road trip. 
Eight-hour road yeah, trip up to maybe, Buffalo. Maybe a, maybe a big Blue Avenue trip, perhaps. We'll have to see. That would be sick, honestly, if we did a road game. And I mean, I'm looking at the, the this road list. Like, I've never been to a Giants road game. Like, I've done, like, I've seen the Rangers play in a small fraction of road ice arenas, but never a Giants road game. I don't think I've seen a Giants road game. Either. And I've even been to a few Yankees-Red Sox games at Fenway. I'm years. thinking Arizona because my uncle lives there and he's a huge Giants fan. So I might reach out to him and see if he yeah, wants to go. Yeah, but also the Bills. I know. Hey, could, could go to two. If I could be in the same place as Daniel Jones and Josh Allen at the same time, I think I would spontaneously combust. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I would just fall apart. I'd also quick. love to check out Miami, too. That's another really nice one. Maybe yeah, we'll just license plate guy it and just go to every single giant. No, I'm never going to license plate guy Or rent an RV. <laughs> we'll just road trip around the country. <laughs> or get a Madden mobile. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like RV. Live from the Madden mobile. It's Big Blue Avenue. <laughs> or I think it was called the Madden Cruiser, actually. But I, yeah, I always he, he didn't He didn't like to fly. So. He didn't like yeah, that's right. scared of airplanes. It's like, oh, he has to call a Monday night game. You bet your ass you're leaving Tuesday to drive to the other side of the country if they had to go out. <laughs> um, no, I think he had uh, – I don't remember what the story was. Yeah, I think, I think he had, like, that leads us into – he did. That he did. Playoff preview time. Uh, folks, no. quick reminder. Um, we have our lovely guests coming on in just a few moments. Caitlin. Brower and Katie Gogliardi from the Real Football Fans of New Jersey. They'll be joining us. They've been on once before. Uh, Giants, 9-7-1. Vikings, 13-4. These two teams met back on Christmas Eve. This is the Giants' first playoff game in over 2,100 days. We get the 4.30 p.m. game on Fox, which I'm glad we got the Sunday day game because it gives Adori, X, Leo, Aziz an extra day which I think is key. Um, The Giants did not have Jackson or McKinney the last time they played the Vikings on Christmas Eve. So it'll be interesting to see how those two come out and play. And um, I remember at the end of the Christmas Eve game, Saquon said he wants that rematch. And now they get, remember the Vikings show after the Vikings show, Sam, I think you might've missed it, but uh, we had Spartan Mike on Hank. Oh yeah. And and we were telling him we're likely going to see the Vikings again. We, you did say that. I remember that. And we are. And we are. And now, only thing that doesn't bode well for us is that the Vikings are 8-1 and one at home this season. But it's the playoffs, and you throw all records out the window. It don't matter. It don't matter. And I will say this. The Vikings uh, plus-minus differential this year for points does not resemble a 13-14. and 14. Sorry, Gabe Flayton. <laughs> Sorry, Gabe. Or as um as as my buddy uh, Johnny Montalbano would say, and as we often say on Jeopardy, they're in the red. Yes, that they are in the red. Um, obviously, the sixty-one yard field goal that was tough. The game-winning kick for Minnesota, drilled by Greg Joseph. Giants led thirteen to ten heading into the fourth quarter, and then pretty much the the doors broke. Uh, a lot of points were scored. Giants were able to get to Kirk Cousins. They had four sacks defensively. They outgained the Vikings, but the two biggest problems for me were the Vikings had just two penalties and the Giants had two turnovers. So we're going to have to fix that if we win this football game. So I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. 
Yeah, me too. I think that this is one of the most even matchups, even despite a three seed versus six seed. I think that this is a completely winnable game. And the only thing I'm nervous about is the fact that Kirk Cousins is a seasoned playoff quarterback, if you want to call mm-hmm. him a seasoned playoff quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Jones obviously has never seen the playoffs before. So, you know, we've seen those those quarterbacks come in, like Josh Allen even, just come in and, and completely just like not done well in the playoffs. So that's the only thing I'm nervous about. But the game itself, I feel like, is a winnable game. I agree. I mean, I think it's probably the most toss-up game in the NFC, for sure. I mean, I feel like mm-hmm. we have a feeling San Francisco will win. Yeah. Um, and Dallas has been trending downward at the wrong time. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the root for Tom Brady. Brady this go weekend. Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I'm... I don't even know what to say. I mean, this just doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel I know. real. Hank, Hank, we've seen this team a lot in the playoffs before. Yes, this is the uh, this will be the fourth matchup the Giants have ever, will ever have in the playoffs against the Minnesota Vikings. 1993, they beat them 17 to 10 in the wild card round. That was a game where not only did Rodney Hampton have two rushing touchdowns, that was a game that we didn't know it at the time, but it turned out to be LT's final home game. Actually, I don't because I don't think he had a, re- I don't think he really had a farewell tour that season the way Eli Manning did in 2019. Because by that point, you knew Eli Manning was done. But nonetheless, that was kind of an end of an era that game, and that it was also Phil Simms's last win because Giants ended up getting clobbered in San Francisco the week later. But then we fast forward to their next playoff appearance, which was 1997, and. That was a really heartbreaking game. The Giants at one point were up 19-3 to in that game, but then when they had the chance to put them away, Chris Calloway, or I think it was Chris Calloway was his name, right? He fumbled on that uh, onside kick. Vikings got the ball back, and then they got that late field goal to edge the Giants uh, 23-22. to Not one of the better games in Giants history, but the very next playoff appearance, also during the Fossil era, after a 20 to 10 win over the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional round, the Giants absolutely boat raced the 49ers <laughs> 41 nothing and on that on, and that day on that field of painted mud they proved that w- they were the worst number 1 seed ever to go to the Super Bowl as Wellington Mara said after the game. That's Unfortunately, right. it did not prove to be the quote unquote worst team ever to win the Super Bowl, but I still think that 2000 Giants squad is a team worth remembering nonetheless. So the Giants and the Vikings are really no stranger to each other during the playoffs. And, you know, as a matter of fact, the Giants also have not had much success against the Vikings lately. Their last win against them, I believe that was their first win of the 2013 season when uh, Josh Freeman started for the Minnesota Vikings. And that was 23 to seven on Monday night. And they have not won Minnesota since, believe it or not, Halloween of 2004, because remember, that road game in 2010 was actually in Detroit. Stadium, yeah, had the flooding issue, right? No, the what? snow, like, completely damaged. Oh, it was the snow. snow. That's right. Thank God we have you for all the series history. Damn it, Hank. Halloween um, Halloween night of 2004 was the last time they won in Minnesota. Where do you and keep it all? He, he's got that. Where that, do you keep it? Yeah. 
Ironically, that was the last time one of the Giants season in 2004. With uh, Kurt Warner starting at QB, I believe. Let's... Kurt Warner. That that was a while ago, but let's mm-hmm. um, introduce our guests for the evening. Uh, Caitlin and Katie, the real football fans of New Jersey. Ladies, welcome back to the show. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, are we wearing the same shirt? We didn't plan it. We didn't plan it. <laughs> Wow. I love that. Uh, I was going through the outline for tonight. I was going through my clothes and I was like, you know what? I think it's it's gotta be a Barkley game. It's gotta be a Barkley. Oh yeah. I don't have the same shirt on as you, but I am wearing a Saquon Barkley shirt. <laughs> there we so. go. There we go. Oh my goodness. So yes, for the record, people, this is not planned whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Caitlin, uh, I actually, I kept this on, on the side because I know you're a big Xavier McKinney fan. Yes. Um, I'm assuming you probably bought his color rush already. I got the Kayvon one for Christmas. Oh, I love that. Yes, I actually got the Xavier McKinney, the throwback. Um, so that, yeah. So I got an OCU Manura and an Xavier McKinney in the the throwback. So they're really, they're really awesome. I wear them on special occasions. So I put Xavier to the side when he got injured. So, but now he's, he's back in the lineup to wear every week. So I'm very, I don't know if you guys see on Twitter, I always post my outfit for the game and I just like, sometimes I have to throw some away because it's a bad game. Like, you know what, next season, it'll come out next season. I can't wear it again. And, and she can finally, she can finally break out her Landon Collins jersey back out. I did. Yes. Yep. I was one of probably the first people to have that jersey because I'm a huge Alabama fan. So when he signed with the, when he came to the Giants, I got his jersey immediately. And everyone was in the parking lot and tailgates wearing still T.E. Barber jerseys. I was like, you know what? No, I'm the new 21 Landon Collins. And now we, we had a falling out, obviously, but we're back. We're back. So. We're back on top. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, OCU Minora, one of my OG favorites. He is my yes. all-time favorite New York Giant. So wow. special. He's up in my wall too. He's right behind me. Somewhere. I did not right know that. <laughs> yes, he is my all-time master favorite. of the strip sack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Katie and Caitlin, before we start with the questions with Sam, um, can you plug your show and where people can find you guys on social media? Yeah. Absolutely. So as you can see on the bottom of the screen right here, the real football fans of New Jersey, you search that into your favorite podcast outlets, whether it's Spotify, Apple podcast, uh, go over to social media. Uh, we're mainly active on Instagram and Twitter, uh, but we are on YouTube and Facebook as well. If you want to catch our live shows, uh, we're over there. Uh, and yeah, it's really just searching, searching our name. Um, and Katie and I come at you guys live every week with some great football content. We have a little bit of a twist with it. We've got some, if any housewives fans are out there, we like to talk about that too uh so we try to keep it a little light over there on the house five side but you know over the past couple of weeks it's been very very fun to talk football talk giants and we're just thrilled that we're finally in a playoff situation so yeah, oh, yeah. definitely <laughs> we, we're this is our first playoff show ever in the history of the show so yeah, it's, ours, it's ours too ours, well yeah we started in 2017 yeah Yep. So it's that's oh yeah, you guys just just came off. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, are we we're jumping into the questions, right, Tom? Yes. All right. So um, our first question that we have for you, 
Um, obviously, this team has made a complete 180 I, from last year. It's it's mm-hmm. this winning mentality. And obviously, apart from we were talking about uh, Andrew Thomas earlier being one of the key parts of this offense. But obviously, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones are two of the most important parts of our offense and scoring points uh, when it comes to that. So how surprised are you guys to have this, uh, you know, this new team and these two, these two guys finally coming into their own and, and doing really well. I think I'm more surprised than Caitlin probably. (laughs) I don't want to say like, I'm, I'm pessimistic. I just think I, you know, I'm very realistic. Caitlin's definitely, definitely like, you know, she always thinks, you know, everybody's going (laughs) to, do a lot better than I, you know, tend to think. So she's the optimist. I am. Um, I would say I'm definitely surprised. And I went into this season as many Giants fans kind of feeling and knowing that this was do or die for Daniel Jones this season. This was make or break. Mm -hmm. And I felt as though even if Daniel Jones, like, played okay, like didn't have any glaring mistakes or whatever. I just felt that if the Giants weren't going to win football games, and I certainly didn't think we were going to win this many, I thought the organization was going to be okay to like kind of part ways with him. Obviously they didn't pick up his fifth year option. And, you know, obviously the opposite happened. We won a lot more games than I thought we would. And Daniel Jones was obviously a huge part of that. Saquon Barkley was a huge part of that. And, not only did we, you know, win more games than I thought we would, we won a lot of really close games. Yeah. And I I truly believe that it was Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley that helped us win those close games. Actually, both of them on the ground, I would say, um, extending drives at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, picking up first downs to run out the clock. I, I feel like it was those two guys. Like we can we can thank them for all of those really tight, close games that, you know, they go one way or they go the other way. And and they helped us get enough W's to get into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, this season definitely goes to the two of them right there. Um, hundred percent. I think more so, you know, I think the first game we really saw Saquon kind of take charge. Um, so that was kind of like, all right, we're setting a momentum here. Um, you know, cause we even spoke about on our show prior to the season. And I think it was a narrative amongst many giants fans, you know, do we do something with Saquon before the season even starts? Uh, what can we get from him? Everything like that. We might have even spoken about that when we were here last time with you guys on mm-hmm. you know your show. I think we were talking I've, about. I've been screaming for the Giants to trade him for the last you know two three years. Yeah. So, so we're now in a very lucky situation. I think he did kind of you know pull the trigger and is doing really good things for us. He is that standout leader. I think I am more surprised with Daniel Jones though, um, with just truly how he has taken this team. And like Katie had said, close games. And I love that, you know, you talk about Katie, the the run game between the two of them. I love that Daniel Jones is using every single skill set that he has. He is an athletic, tall, large human being. He can push himself through big old linemen. He can use those big old legs to run down the field. And he's got a cannon. We don't call him Danny Dimes for no reason. He can launch that ball. And we've seen all different aspects of him this season. So I think that's really helped him improve 
improve on his game. You know, he's definitely made some massive improvements, but we've all seen that main change because we're getting every single facet of Daniel Jones this season. So I'm more surprised about him, to be honest. I think Saquon Barkley is going to be a great running back in the league. And I think he's obviously going to continue with the Giants now. But if you flash back a couple months ago, even if he went to another organization, I think he's going to do very well. Um, in the NFL for sure. But, you know, Daniel Jones, it was definitely questionable, but there was, there was some error that he had to fix in his game. And I got to tell you, I think he's like 90% there of fixing a lot of those errors. So. Yeah, definitely. I think Daniel Jones has definitely improved over the course of a few years. Definitely a credit to him because people really don't give him enough credit for how high of an IQ that he has in my opinion, but you also have to give credit to, I would say, the coaching staff. But I think another guy on the offense that really is an unsung hero, and I have, I, I've probably talked about this guy ad nauseum, Andrew Thomas, our left tackle, is yeah. an absolute Amazing. killer. And I, like I said, I've gone as far as to say he might very well be our offensive MVP. He mm-hmm. could be. I think yeah. we've talked about it on our show yep. and given him that praise as well. Yeah, I, I think that, Katie, actually. you did actually recently when we were talking about offensive and defensive. Yeah, we yeah. picked offensive MVPs and defensive MB- MVPs for the Giants for the regular season. I think I did pick Andrew Thomas. Yeah, left tackle, very undervalued position. Oh, just critical for the Giant this this team that's been craving a line for so long. Um, and I just, I guess my little plug there is that you know a lot of people wanted him gone after his first season. So my only thing is like, let's give Evan Neal some time here now. I know a lot Mm -hmm. of people are giving him a lot of grief. Like let's just, no one wants Andrew Thomas gone now. So let's not make those same mistakes with what we were saying in someone's rookie season. Yeah, we, I, I think we said earlier in the show that, I mean, I said it. I said that Andrew Thomas is the best left tackle in football. And I think that that's a very fair statement to say. Yeah, no, I think just, you could take that argument and run with it. <laughs> he makes Evan Neal look like Eric Flowers. Okay, but, I don't, I hate that. I hate that statement. Oh, take it out of this chat. He is I a Georgia it. fan. He is a Georgia <laughs> fan. Okay, well, I'm an Alabama fan, and I accept Andrew Thomas. I love everything that he's doing for us. I can't – you got to take that out. Oh, I think we lost Katie. <laughs> She'll hop back in. <laughs> really i can't deal with that no you gotta get out of here eric flowers is like the worst the worst evan neal's good i promise eric dandelion you mean yeah (laughs) that's a good one he was just awful she's back back. she's back it was you guys got all really scratchy so i was like i gotta bounce for a second but i'll be back (laughs) rebooted yeah um i guess my next question is uh, i was looking at the roster right and obviously we know coach dable has coached in 30 postseason games as an assistant in the NFL. And oddly enough, I know not a lot of core key players have played significant playoff reps, but there's 22 players on the, on the Giants 53-man roster that have postseason experience, that have at least been on an active roster come the playoffs. A lot of them weren't here last year, obviously. But um, I guess my question to both of you is, how do you think a lot of these players, including the veterans, will handle being in the playoffs for the first time, like a Leonard Williams, eight mm-hmm. years in the league, first playoff game in less than 72 hours from now? That's wild to think that a player like Leonard Williams, you know, a big statement player. 
I think like, you know, looking at this and like trying to, you know, um, like you just said, like there's definitely a difference now. Like you can have a young team, but you can also have a non-playoff experience team. And a young team, in my opinion, is not like, uh, an offensive statement anymore because look at guys like Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow is entering his second playoff run here. You know, so young guys in this league are actually having this post, you know, regular season experience. Unfortunately for the New York Giants, we're falling into an era where we have a young team, but we also have an inexperienced playoff team. And unfortunately, I think that is one of our biggest problems going into Sunday. Um, and and I don't know what it is. You know, you you sit down and you talk to players and they say there is that massive shift it's one week and it's a massive shift going into the playoffs um and maybe you're playing a team you've never played before fortunately for the new york giants we've already seen the vikings but you know it's they talk about this mentality and just how completely different it is you look at a team like the dallas cowboys i think it's year after year no bias being new york giants fans but it's written it's written out there that They don't do well in the playoffs. You can just see it year after year, no matter how talented their roster are, how amazing their record is. So I think that's one of our biggest, you know, problems and challenges going into Sunday and going into my hope is the rest of the playoff run here. Um, But yeah, I think that's just kind of like a big, you know, people call out young teams, but I don't really think that's the thing anymore. It's, it's playoff experience. Uh, Yeah. So you know, we've had, obviously, it's been a while since we've been in the playoffs, but, you know, I'm looking back to Super Bowl runs. I'm looking back to when we were in the playoffs. You know, we've had success as a wild card before. We've, you know, had success as being the underdog. I I got to be honest, like, I'm not nervous for these guys handling the playoff situation. I think this is almost a, I, I prefer the situation of, like, nobody expected us to be here. So let's just go out and have fun and like, and and just try to like, try to prove everybody wrong. Like, let's just go play football and like, enjoy it. Like we, they know how hard it is to get there because it's taken this long. And I feel like they're just going to embrace the moment. I don't think they're going to let the moment get too big for them where it, you know, has a negative effect. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to embrace the moment and just be like, nobody expects us to, you know, People aren't scared of us. We're a wild card. We're the sixth seed. We're going up a good Minnesota team. Let's just prove everybody wrong. And so I feel, and, and not to mention, and, you know, I'm going to call Daniel Jones a veteran presence, especially, you know, compared to the rest of the roster. Hmm. The guy has the same exact demeanor as Eli Manning. Like it's like they have they're like clones of each other. So he's just gonna go into this playoff game cool, calm, and collected. He's not gonna let it, you know, he's not gonna get frazzled. I think he's gonna handle it really well. I'm not nervous for these guys. I've always said that Daniel Jones is Eli Manning's son that nobody knew about um, because it's yeah. crazy. They, it, it, they even look so much they alike. Do. They it's look crazy. alike. They act alike, but there they is, yeah. definitely don't play alike. No. no, no, Daniel's I, got legs, baby. Yeah. Eli had no legs. No legs. <laughs> no. I I can still hear uh, the sports pope saying a tree's more mobile than Eli. Yeah, <laughs> it is. He was not, and the days that he ran, we. We would just be like, ee, like jump <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> We'd also be like, wait, no, Eli, no, don't run. Yeah, <laughs> don't that too. We got so nervous. I do get, I do, yeah. I, 
like we were so fortunate. I think Katie and I have spoken about this like a trillion times. Like we were so fortunate to have Eli for 16 seasons. He had what one injury, he hurt his ankle that one season was out for like one game. Like so, so fortunate. But every time he made a big run or like got to, I would, you're like, Oh no, 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 no. And now I'm seeing it with Daniel Jones, but it's even more, the anxiety is even more because he takes more chances. So you're like, Oh God. And he's already (laughs) had like a couple injuries, but every time I'm like closing my eyes and I'm like, is he okay he's down for 0.2 seconds 1.1 second longer than the last and i'm like oh my god he's he's, okay he's out get up get up up." (laughs) we we stress about that before we get to your question here's a question from the audience noah once again playoff experience what's worse none or bad playoff experience vikings have a rough history in the playoffs Mm -hmm. and no one needs to even mention captain kirk's performances Wow. Prime time. I think yeah. this game's four thirty. I mean, eh. we're not that great in prime time either. It's not, <laughs> it's not quite. We did just yeah. win though our last prime time we game did. though. Um, to be fair, I think that playoff experience is worse. Yeah, I agree with Katie on this one. Yeah, because you I, have that repertoire. So I just brought up the Cowboys. Repertoire. They are known to shit the bed. In, and sorry if you guys aren't explicit. But no, <laughs> in the playoffs. Oh, we have like, <laughs> our drinks on here. Huh? Yeah. Oh, I no, should have known. I would have poured a glass of wine. So, uh, <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think I think bad is worse. I think you you kind of get that stigma about you. I I take it further back, and I think about Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh and my like, god! How many years did they make the play? Year after year they after won. year, but yeah. they ne- could never, never do oh. anything, and it just yeah. like kind of gets ingrained in in you, and and people just look at you as like you're the playoff choke artist, and. So I'd rather guys have no playoff experience than kind of that bad playoff yeah. resume. I think of Phillip Rivers and the Chargers too. True. And yeah. they had yeah. really talented teams and they would yeah. go so far to not go anywhere one. at all. That yeah. was like, yeah. I love that Bengals. Compa- it, that is spot on. And it's, yeah. And that, and unfortunately you look at Andy Dalton, he's still in the league, but Philip Rivers is out. They're going to go down in history and that's what they're going to know, be known for. Unfortunately, yeah. great, great quarterbacks, but right. unfortunately that's going to be the higher of the marker is you never really took them that far. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to be playing this weekend. Maybe it's already announced. I don't know, but I feel like, Maybe Lamar Jackson is in danger of having that happen yeah. as well. He's yeah. he's he's out. Yeah, yeah. Is okay. That's but I was gonna bring up Lamar because yeah. he has had the few playoff games that he does yeah. play. He has just been so bad, and and yeah, what he can do. Like he is an amazing football player, mm-hmm. but the second you put the pressure on him, Josh Allen was the same way, but Josh Allen was mm-hmm. able to Break overcome that. and adapt. Yeah. Right. So. Forgive me here, but uh, Kenny Marshall saying we winning Sunday, G men baby. That is That's the good. brother of Leonard Marshall. Um, fun fact. Awesome, we are winning. Oh, okay. Let's go. <laughs> we we both predicted a win this weekend. We so. did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, Kenny, shout out to your brother for making the Giants Ring of Honor this year. <laughs> well deserved. Well, oh yeah, long overdue too. I would long, say. I love yeah, it. I will say that. But Absolutely love it, Hank. I'll give you the floor now. Apology. We have a lot of comments coming in here. I'm gonna, great. I'm gonna piggyback off on your comments about those quarterbacks a little bit, and I'll say that Andy Dalton unfortunately wasn't the only redheaded Bengals quarterback that had trouble winning in the playoffs. Although, in fairness, Carson Palmer had that really bad injury that Carson year. Palmer. Palmer. You're digging. You're digging for that one. <laughs> He did get that win with the Cardinals against the Packers when he had that epic Larry Fitzgerald touchdown, but 
and anyways, back to our question. Actually, there was one other point I wanted to make, and I tend to agree with you guys about the playoff experience thing. I think in a way it might be at an advantage because a lot of the guys are young. They don't really know what it's like to play in the playoffs. They're, they're not going to know how to be like nervous, so to speak. So in that sense, I agree with you. That's an advantage. But anyways, now to my question. So who do we think winds up getting more receiving yards and more Thomas? Are you, are you feeling it's going to be Hodgins or Richie James and, Tom and San, I think you both kind of have an idea of how I'm feeling regarding this, but I want to let you two uh, take the floor with this question. I mean, let's just yeah. point out that it's funny that these are the two names we're bringing up. <laughs> right? I mean, that's just the first thing that comes to mind. But Katie, yeah. what do you think on this one? I'm going Richie James on this one. So, uh, you know, Isaiah Hodgins has had a really great second half of the season. Um, and so I, I always like to pull up the stats. They're actually in, I pulled up the last five games. Cause like I said, Hodgins has come on like towards the end of the season in the last five, they're like almost identical in catches yards and targets. But I feel like Isaiah is kind of like, we're finding him a lot in the red zone. And I just feel like Richie James is more so like all over the place. But yeah, it is funny that we're talking about these two guys. And even with someone like, you know, with all the injuries, Darius Slayton is, he's the, he's the vet out there. Yet I almost feel like both Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins are Daniel Jones's safety blankets. Yep. Um, at, at least, like I said, in the second half of the season. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be Richie James. I agree. Yeah, I'll counter you. I'll go with Hodgins on this one. So I'd love to be definitely the, you know, the counter here. Uh, I love the connection uh, that Daniel Jones has had with him in the second half of the season. Katie, like you had said, we're seeing him just spark lately. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I almost compare it to his early, you know, kind of traction with Darius Slayton. We loved that connection between yeah. those two guys. Yeah. And I'm kind of seeing that mimic with him and Hodgins. I really am. And either if it is in the Renzo, red zone, excuse me, or, you know, a little bit up the field, I just, I really am liking that connection uh, so far. And for me, Richie James for us has just been kind of like, I'm not going to call him like good. I'm not trying to be mean, but like he is a versatile player or are using him in a couple of different spots. So who knows? He might just be like our, you know, punt returner on, you know, on Sunday, we might, he might have a great return and we might keep using him on that front or we might try to use him in certain different, certain spots. Uh, So again, he does a couple of different things where Hodgins role is actually more concrete, I think. Um, So that's kind of where my mind set is at for that one. That's a good argument. Now, I lean with Katie here only because of the matchup, right? Not because of the player. I prefer Hodgins as a receiver between the two, but I think for me, um, the underneath routes are going to be there. The you know their linebackers are not as good in pass coverage as they are run uh, run tackling. So I think the middle of the field is going to be open, but. Isaiah Hodgins, he is bound to score a touchdown in this game. And I would add Daniel Bellinger to that mix if he didn't get hurt. I think the eye injury really stunted his growth in the offense a little bit this season. Otherwise, I'd throw him in the Hodgins-James mix for security blankets for Daniel Jones. Definitely. I I like Hodgins a lot. As, mm-hmm. I mean, as you guys can see, I have my Giants pennant and I have a Bills pennant because Bills are like my AFC team. Um, <laughs> and Isaiah Hodgins came from the Bills. Um, yes. So 
I, I think that I, I agree with you, Caitlin, though, that there's this connection between the two of them because I think it was like, you know, early on in the season, he, all of a sudden they were just like, touchdown, Isaiah Hodgins. And I right. was like, where did he come from? Like, <laughs> yeah. he literally sprouted up out of the ground like a weed. Like, he was just right. like, here I am. And then it was like week after week after week. It was like reception Hodgins, reception Hodgins, touchdown for Hodgins. Yeah. So um, whether or not he gets more reps, I do agree, though. I think that he has this more concrete role. Um, to shift over to the other side of the ball um, in terms of receivers for the Minnesota Vikings, um, we're lucky enough to be going up against a team, like you guys said, that we have already played before and we've played fairly recently. Um, so last time it was really hard for the Giants to be covering Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson, two of the, two of the best receivers um, or, or targets on that team. Um, so how important do you guys think Adoree Jackson and Xavier McKinney are going to be guarding these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be huge. Unfortunately, I don't just like week or actually at this point, day after day, you know, with Adoree Jackson, I'm just very much questionable with his health and kind of if if we get him, do we get him? What do we get from him? Um, I'm happy Xavier McKinney's back. Um, but again, he is still injured. These these positions are critical for the New York Giants right now. And I think that our defense is going to play extremely well on Sunday. They need to. Uh, we touched on this on our episode last night a lot. Like, you know, Katie and I really think that this defense is going to come out and be strong on Sunday. And it will get us to a point where we're going to be in a good position uh, if we do take control of this game. So we need guys like that. And we need to, you know, we got to shut down Justin Jefferson and uh, TJ Hawkinson. And I think it's, um, I think we'll be actually more inclined to, shut down Justin Jefferson because we see everything that we saw last time. Um, And, you know, Wink Martindale's a goddamn genius. So (laughs) I think he's going to figure something out. And, but I think the focus will probably be on him. So, you know, Hawkinson will probably have a better game in my opinion, Mm -hmm. Um, just because you're looking to shut out that, that all-star, even though both of them did very well against us last time. Um, but yeah, again, those those positions are critical for us. So it it sucks that we've suffered there this season. So it makes me look forward to next season with a little bit of a healthier roster. Listen, the, the Giants the Giants almost win that Week 16 game. I mean, a 61 yard field goal. It, a lot usually that's a that's a miss a lot of the times. So, you know, you're a 61 yard field goal away from winning that game, and you know. Justin Jefferson had like 130 something receiving yards that game. So the fact that we were even in that, cause like going into that game, I did pick Minnesota to win. And I was like, Oh God, I think Justin Jefferson's going to absolutely torch us. And he kind of did yet. We almost won. Mm-hmm. So to me, like if we can hold him to like a hundred yards, I still think that'll be good enough. I, he's Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to go and go out and do what he does. And I don't really recall what TJ Hawkinson's uh, stats were in that week 16 game. I'm, so I'm more so looking at Jefferson and I just feel like, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to have a good game, but even if we hold him, like I said, to like a hundred yards, I think that's going to be enough. We almost, we almost pulled it out with him, like doing the damage that he did in round one. So having, you know, a Dory and Xavier, uh, should only, you know, help that help control that situation. It concerns me a little bit with Hawk 
more than Jefferson because I think he'll see a lot of double coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When I look at that last game yeah. specifically, I mean, Jefferson, 12 catches, 133 yards. Uh, Fabian Moreau gave up 84 receiving yards in that game. So, Caitlin, you mentioned the Dory Jackson. We need him back badly. Yeah. Um, you know, Dory Jackson only averaging 33 yards against him in the 10 games he played this season. But Hawkinson cannot score two touchdowns again. The Vikings have the fifth best passing offense in the NFL. So that is concerning as the rain comes down here in New York. But uh, <laughs> my next question is um, Vikings right tackle Brian O'Neill is out. And this kind of – both were talking about this with the uh, pass rush for the Giants with – the big four up front with Kayvon, Aziz, Leo, and, uh, oh my gosh, Dexter, mm-hmm. most important one this year. Um, how do you think this impacts the Giants' pass rush? Do you think Wink should blitz even more, or should they be a little more passive to focus on Hawk and Jefferson? Because I, I think it could be a double-edged sword. You want to expose the right side of the Vikings offensive line because Udo and Ingram will not be able to keep up with Kayvon and Aziz. But right. if if you blitz, then McKinney and Love's jobs become a lot harder. Yeah, I say go for it. We, you know, you have to dissect Kirk Cousins. He is pickable. I think he's got 14 interceptions on the season, but he's also, he's been sacked like 40 plus times. I want to say like 46. I think that might be, I have to back check myself on that, but you get to him. Like he's definitely, and I just, you know, he's probably one of the most pickable quarterbacks. So, and we put that pressure on him to not only, you know, get that sack, but make a mistake before that sack even comes to him. Yeah, you're right. That job downfield does become more important against big players like Justin Jefferson, but pressure on a guy like Kirk Cousins, who doesn't do well in prime time, takes a lot of pressure and clearly doesn't perform after that pressure. I'm taking that gamble, to be honest. Our defense is known to be big right there. You just mentioned Dexter Lawrence, clearly in a role that he should be in. We're seeing Thibodeau make big plays in the second half of the season. He's finally molding into that position what we need him to be. And I love everything else that we have up there. So, and again, we I just said it before, like it, the defense is really going to help us out here. So I say go for it. Blitz, blitz, blitz. Mm. I'm going to back up Love what it. Caitlin said with some stat, with a stat here. Uh, you know, obviously Minnesota with an impressive 13 and four regular season record. Three of those four losses were like ugly losses. We've got 40 to three to Dallas, 24 to seven to Philly and 41, 17 against green Bay yeah. in those three games combined. Kirk was sacked 11 times and threw six interceptions, blitz, blitz, blitz. And I said this on our show last night, you know, we were breaking down each playoff game and kind of saying what each team needed to do in order to win. And my answer for what I felt the giants needed to do was force at least one turnover. We almost won that week 16 game. We had zero forced turnovers. I feel like blitz you know, try and try and get a strip sack, something, you know, get pressure on Kirk Cousins, get an interception. That'll be a game changer for us. Blitz. I'm all about it. I love it. And we know Wink loves to blitz. 
Love it. That is good. Do your thing, Wink. Do Do it. Tudo, Coach Wink, to mix his blitzing schemes and faking different lineups. Our offense pounding ground attack and say we forget about it. That's right. right. The Minnesota Minions. (laughs) That's funny. I think I've heard that before. That is funny. (laughs) Love it. Hank, I think we're up to you. Uh, Yeah, no. What was the uh, next question that we had? We're going to go with uh, Dexter. Yes, Dexter Lawrence against... Garrett Bradbury, that matchup, I think, could probably expose the right side of the Vikings' offensive line. I mean, look, they already dealt with us once this season, and who knows how successful they could be the second time around against mm-hmm. us. And, you know, as as I said, you've seen what happened in a lot of times where the Giants have gone up against a team the second time when it didn't look like they could win, so... I think that could be a factor if the Giants are to find a way to win this game. Stopping the run. Yeah. Yeah. Because Cook mean, was good the first game. He didn't use it much, but he was good. But also, Cook is, like, a little bit banged up, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you He's know. Beatable. We'll, yeah. We'll see what happens there. Uh, I'm not – obviously, I'm not as concerned about the run game as I am with the pass game. But, yeah, Dexter Lawrence has been a monster all season long. And, I, you know. He's he's going to step up for us just like he has in other big moments, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think that's that's a matchup in favor of the New York Football Giants. Yeah, and we're going to see that excitement too. Whether these like, it's these little big plays for us or these mm-hmm. big massive, you know, whether it's a a pick six, a strip sack, like you had said earlier, a huge touchdown pass, we're going to see excitement in these little things as well. So mm-hmm. if we are seeing you know Dallin Cook being taken down three yards earlier than he should have been. You know, we're going to see that from the players that they're like, hell yeah, this is prime. This is playoffs. Like the giants came here to play this game. I think there's going to be one. I I think there's going to be one. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I think there's going to be one big momentum changing defensive play for the giants. I'm I'm going to call that right now. I hope so too, but I'm going to call that right now. I think there's going to be one big one that really like, Swifts the uh, ships the momentum, you know, positive momentum in our favor. I like X to make it. He's due. He's he, yeah. he's definitely due. I would love that. Caitlin would love that. <laughs> Which is why I think pressuring Cousins is so key. I know. I mean, not mm. to beat around a bush, but mm. he's prone to interceptions. He's thrown yep. fourteen this year. I think he's a good quarterback in the NFL. You know, he throws a lot of touchdowns. I think O'Connell. Also a rookie coach, by the way, similar to Dable, where the two of them have really overachieved with these teams this year, where a lot of people were arguing, well, Kirk Cousins wasn't the problem. Mike Zimmer was the problem. Mike Zimmer was holding Kirk Cousins back, which I think is partially true. Mm -hmm. But I'm just looking at their line here. Um, Their left side is good with Darasaw and Cleveland, but Bradbury, Udo, and – Ingram, I don't trust it. The Giants finished the season with 106 quarterback hits. That's eighth in the league and 40th in sacks. So I think that will really help this team out. Um, you know, because I'm not so sure. 
if I trust, then shout out uh, my girlfriend saying hello. Deanna Karen <laughs> saying hi, friends. Hello. Hi, Deanna. <laughs> Big fan, by the way, of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. So Listen to the pod. We've yeah. been talking about them a lot recently. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little Real yeah. Housewives, a little bit of football. I brought her to a Giants game this year, too, Sam. Remember that? that was- <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so cute. We love Deanna. Yeah. She's great. Um, uh, to go on to uh, the next question, it's very, very simple. And, and in my brain, I already have a very clear answer. But if there's anybody from the from the Vikings that you could steal and have on the Giants, who would it be? We definitely agree. It's, it's clear yeah. for me, too. You want to do three, <laughs> two, one? Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, come on, you guys. We're sitting here talking about Richie James and Isaiah Hodges. I'm, I'm going to be right. honest. Give us I, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against this man, but I would even take KJ Osborne. Even he would be our number one receiver. The Vikings oh, number yeah. three. That's how good. I mean, Thielen, Osborne. Thielen, yeah. Each was, with over, I feel feeling. like it's kind of fallen off this oh, year. This year, I agree with that. I was just about to say, like, where, where in the world is Adam Thielen? Right yeah, now? no, definitely. I'm trying to find, and, and this is this is obviously Justin Jefferson is my answer, but but Caitlin knows this about me, and uh, I'm I'm like a big Kirk Cousins oh fan. God, I, I really, really? Me too. Me too. a lot. A lot. Katie's I loved like, him since like the command. I liked like, him even when he was on Washington when I shouldn't have liked him. Yeah. But I was like, Underdog. this guy is so underrated. And again, like yeah. I feel like this is a quarterback in the National Football League that is so underappreciated. Like he's constantly throwing for 300 plus, constantly throwing for three TDs. Like I, I'm I am a big Kirk Cousins fan, and I don't really understand why, you know, well. You know, I'm happy Washington parted ways with him because look at the quarterback conundrum they've been in ever since. So I'm a big Kirk fan. I'll say this. Since the Fran Tarkenton days, um, the Vikings have sort of been – obviously I wasn't alive for Fran Tarkenton, of course. I don't know if any of us were, but um, – uh, My stepdad remembers him. <laughs> I <guess. laughs> The Vikings, if the Giants are out of it, I kind of like the Vikings. I'll be honest with you. Like, they're the team that I don't mind rooting for them. You know, the franchises follow a similar model to a degree. So I think also, I was going to say Dalvin Tomlinson because we could use some help stopping. Yeah, don't bring bring him up, please. Stop. I'll cry. He, I love Dalvin. I cried when I met him. Katie and I met him and I sobbed. I literally sobbed. The pictures are hilarious. He was cracking up because he was like, oh my God, this girl. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I was like, you went to Bama and now you're part of the Giants. Like, and he was like, oh, I get it now. Like, I was like, no. So he is just, oh my God, the best. So I would love to have him back on the Giants. That was, that was probably one of the toughest departures I've had to deal with from the New York Giants for sure. Tom, you said Kirk was the best quarterback they've had since uh, Fran Tarkenton. No, I, I did not say that. <laughs> no, I was going to say. I, okay. I didn't say Dante. that. I was going to say Tommy Kramer, Wade Wilson, you uh, Dante Gear, Randall Cunningham, Dante Culpepper. I, I'm just saying he's very good. Um, I'll go with Wa- all three. Washington. Washington has had a quarterback problem since they've let him go. Yes. Yep. 
That's true. Yes. There. Oh, okay. You true. like that? <laughs> As he would. Sorry, say. I, I just like wanted that. to make sure. I, I was hate that video. That. He's oh, such I a love loser. It. No, <laughs> well, no, that's the other reason why I like Kirk he's is because he's like such a nerd. He's so dorky. I can't. And like, I, have you I, ever listened? Like, obviously, we've seen like the you like that, but like, have you ever like heard him mic'd up before? Like, yeah, he's, he's such funny. a he's such a no. dork. I love it. No, I hate that. And like the the, the plane video with the chains. The chain. Like, stop, stop. I, I I honestly can't do that. He's like nerdy, that is what he's a nerdy white boy. I love it. Kirk seems like the kind of guy who drives a minivan, and he has like the stick figure family. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, like he probably he is. does. He definitely has that. Definitely. Sam, okay. what's the money question here? <laughs> the money question. I'll, I just went, but I'll go again if you want me to. Oh, actually, that's me. Actually, part. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather? This could go to all of us, by the way. Would you rather see an Xavier McKinney pick six this Sunday, or Daniel Jones throw for three touchdowns the first time all season? This is this is an easy one for me because I just feel like one and I said it before, like we just need like one like momentum shifting defensive play. And when you Mm -hmm. get a pick six, that does that for your team. And like who cares if Daniel Jones, let's say, throws for two touchdowns and rushes for one instead of throws for three. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like we all want to see him do that and have a big game or whatever. But like momentum changing and everything like that, it's it's got to be a pick six. So that's my answer. I agree. I need that Xavier McKinney pick six. I need number 29 running into the end zone. He is good at them. He knows what he's doing. He's fast. He can grab, snatch that ball in the air. I know it might be a little bit difficult now with kind of that like JPP club he's got going on, but he can snatch that ball and he can run like for dear life. Uh, And I love it. Like Katie said, that momentum changer you just, oh God, it's, I'm, it's like chills. I'm thinking about it right now. I can envision it on Sunday and I am ready for it. Ready for it. Like, like Michael Strahan said, believe it and it will, it happen. will happen. Let's go, baby. Well, let's talk. Did you guys watch that hype up video? Yes. Oh my God. I literally awesome. wanted to like run out into the streets and just <laughs> scream and just run into every wall I've ever had and everything. Incredible. Incredible. Amazing. Hank. Where are you on this one? Are you with X as well? Okay. The real answer that I want to say is screw it. I just want to get the W. I don't care if they, it happens without either happening, but (laughs) if you held a gun to my head and I'm not against the idea of X man having a pick six, cause X don't give it to you. I personally would love to see (laughs) Daniel Jones have a three touchdown game. And let me tell you why, like, For all those people who have been hating on Daniel Jones saying, oh, he's not a guy who can lead them to wins. Yeah. Wouldn't it just be some awesome vindication on the Daniel Jones prove you wrong tour that has been the 2022 Giants season? Yeah. So so he he can throw for three touchdowns in the divisional round. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're in the Super Bowl for that matter. Either way, I told Tom this, but I'm going to say it again. By far, the biggest amount of chills I ever got inside MetLife Stadium was when the crowd kept chanting Daniel Jones nonstop at the end of that game against the Colts. Like, 
How could you not? I wish you we were there and, for that. Yeah, I love. And who from, cares if maybe yeah. fifteen to twenty percent of those fans were on the other side? It still made me feel pretty damn. <laughs> Sam, do we have a clean sweep here for the X pick six? I actually, uh, Hank kind of took the words out of my mouth. Oh. I was I was riding with the uh, with the Daniel Jones thing just because I know the narrative that we've been talking about with some of these quarterbacks and the legacy, uh, Andy Dalton, Phillip Rivers. I don't want that to happen to Daniel Jones because mm-hmm. I know that he can perform and be an excellent quarterback and possibly a excellent playoff quarterback. So if Daniel Jones comes out and scores three touchdowns in one game in a playoff game, in his first playoff game, yeah. I, I, I mean, either one would be excellent. You know, I'm going to be cheering no matter what, but I totally get the momentum shift. I think that that's so necessary. Um, but man, all those haters, this, we've been sitting here talking about Daniel Jones and how good he is. And people haven't believed us for years and he's finally here. And I just want him to show off all to all the haters because he is that good and he can do it. And that's, I just want him to just stunt. And I, I, <laughs> there's I'm, like a, there's a meme. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to say the full thing cause it is a little raunchy, but like, there's like, it's Dexter from Dexter's laboratory and he's got like a poster. Of oh yeah. On his wall. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I want. That's my feeling. Sorry. So I really, really want Daniel Jones to just pop off. Please don't cry, Sam. It's just Daniel. I Jones. will, Noah. I will cry. <laughs> this is my thing, right? Um, not to toot my own horn. And Caitlin, I don't know if you're in the same boat with me, but for me, he passed the eye test years ago. He passed the eye test years ago. It's just the stats never popped. And yeah. he was held back. What Trevor Lawrence had for one year in Jacksonville is what Daniel Jones had with three years for the Giants. And Katie's right. Yeah. Who cares? He doesn't need to throw three touchdown passes to show that he's good. Mm-hmm. That's what this uh, – I have to be careful with what I say here, but the younger fan base, this is what they struggle with. They want to see the flashy stats. They want to see the next, yeah. you know. And right away. Herbert, in one Yeah. There's no time. There's no patience. There's no building. It's we want results and we want them now. And I but think look at look at Daniel Jones. Like that should be your case study. That should be mm-hmm. what every team is looking at. Let's look where we go in the postseason. Let's look at his season next year. He's going to be a New York Giant again. That is your model moving forward. Mm-hmm. Let's make that the normalcy. And enough with a guy coming in and you expect week one, this rookie who's never stepped foot on an NFL field has never been up against NFL linemen who are bigger, scarier and faster than college linemen. And and that's the thing. They're bigger and they're faster. That's the scary thing. These guys are a hundred plus pounds bigger than college players and they're faster. That's terrifying. And you Mm -hmm. expect this kid to be Tom Brady where he is, where Tom Brady was two, three years ago, you expect that. And that's just, it's insanity. So I just, is my shout out to all NFL teams. Let's see what can Daniel Jones can do this postseason. Let's see him next year and make that your case study enough with this nonsense of coming out right away. People might, you know, expect and want him to be, to be Tom Brady. I'm going to go ahead and say, I just want him to be Eli Manning. And he basically is. So let's like, let's go. Give me more I'm two Super Bowls in my lifetime. Line. Yeah, I'll take two more in my lifetime. Now that I'm older, I actually probably a little appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah. So, like, let's go. Yeah. Um, 
Ladies, one final question. This is like a three-part question. Uh, player, to, player to watch on the Giants, player to watch on the Vikings, and then your final score prediction. Now, granted, I saw – obviously, I follow you guys on Twitter, so I saw who you both picked for the game already, mm-hmm. but we can throw a score prediction in there as well. But let's start with the player on the Vikings. That could be anyone under the radar guy who might make a player too. Who do you got? Uh, Katie, we'll mm-hmm. start with – or whoever wants to go first. You can start, Kate. I mean, like, I, I want to, like, pick something that's, like, a little bit different. But, like, like obviously, I just keep going back to Justin Jefferson. I really do. Like, and, you know, when we broke down the game last night on our show and we were talking about, you know, what do the Vikings need to do to win it? You know, I, I want to almost have my answer be, you know, like I said last night, the combination of Kirk Cousins to Justin Jefferson. And I think if Kirk Cousins throws for, I think I said this last night on the show, if Kirk Cousins throws for 300 plus and Justin Jefferson goes for 130 plus, I think, I think the Vikings win it. And so those are the guys I'm looking at who are going to have big games for them. Yeah. And I I don't know. You want to say who your Viking player is? I agree with you. And, you know, what what I had said for them to win was they have to get up on us by like three to four scores and like early on. And that that connection, like you had just said to Justin Jefferson is there and they can get on us early. That's going to be a really terrifying game for us. Um, So I'm going to go with him as well. Yeah. Uh, For the Giants, I said that. I actually named this guy is going to be the MVP of the game. I'm going with Saquon Barkley. And and Caitlin said this on our show last night. I like the way she phrased it and worded it is just like Saquon's in the in the playoffs and he's hungry for a playoff win. This is a guy who is so, is so talented and I appreciate the fact that he in his years with New York and being on terrible teams, not making the postseason. I really appreciate how Saquon has handled that. And never like gotten down or gotten frustrated or said negative things about the franchise or the team constantly losing. Like he's really just kept such a positive attitude, even when there hasn't been many things to be positive about. And finally, he's here. He is the he is the leader, one of the leaders of this football team, and he's the spark plug. And he's he has to be. And I think he knows he has to be. He's going to be the MVP of the game. Yeah. No, I loved that you picked him. You know, you spoke about it last night and, you know, talking about it right now. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with Dexter Lawrence on this one. You know, he's been showing up for us all season. I mentioned it before. We're going to see some little plays, like some little significant plays coming on Sunday and they are just going to spark. It's just going to like hit something and we're going to see so much excitement. We all get excited when Dexter Lawrence does a big play or even a small play. and He does his little dance for us. We're going to see that. And that's just going to make it even better on Sunday. Cause we're in the playoffs. We're having a revenge game against the Minnesota Vikings. So that little dance that he does is going to be even more epic and it's going to be multiple times on Sunday. So I think he's really going to close it out for us. Yeah. And uh, final scores, final scores here. Caitlin and I are very close with one another on this. Mm-hmm. I'm going the same score as week 16, 27, 24, except the Giants come out on top this time. Yep. Ooh. I'm going with the Giants as well. Um, and I am giving us 27 points, uh, but I'm actually going to have a 27 to 20 
uh, game. Oh, and someone is right there with us too, watching. Yeah. 27-1 prediction there. Someone Mm -hmm. also commented the reverse score. Try to find it quick here. Yeah. Pretty sure. Was it? But where was Noah's been commenting all night. (laughs) I can't find this one. Um, I I told Caitlin last night too on the show, like I really, when I make same score in the first game, but reverse. Yeah. I I like um, when I, when I make picks, I kind of like have an idea of what I want to do. And then I kind of like to see what, what other people are picking. And I told Caitlin, I always like to look at John breach and Pete Prisco on CBS sports. And then I like to look at sporting news. So Forgive me, I don't remember who exactly said this, but uh, they actually predicted that the Giants would win the game and that this time they would win on a last-second field goal. So I'd be good Put with that. Put it into the atmosphere, people. Yeah. And certainly, hey, hey, Graham Gano could be a player to watch as well. Let's yep. give a lot of credit to Graham Gano because he's had an incredible season like he did last year. He has really been, 100%. you know, a constant for us. Yep. He has. Um, Sam and Hank, you want to go here quick? And then we'll let, we'll let Katie and Caitlin go. Yeah. So are we just doing score predictions? You could go quickly one player, too, if you want. If if um, you just have time and want to hang out for it, that's fine. But if you got, you got to go, that's cool, too. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely do – I'll do something different for the Vikings because we are, you know, hyping up Justin Jefferson a lot. Um <laughs> I'll just I'll do Zadarius Smith only because mm. we want to make sure that we want to protect Daniel Jones on this um, on this game. Like we've seen what he can do when there are zero sacks in a game. He can obviously pop off. He can get thirty points on the board. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to watch out for Zadarius Smith because if we can keep him under wraps, then Daniel Jones can continue to be the man, the myth, the legend that we all know and love. And I'll just, I'll say I'll say Daniel Jones his first playoff game um you know really excited to see what he can do I have a lot of faith in him and I will die on the Daniel Jones hill for as long <laughs> as I possibly can and I I'm just I'm really excited to see what he can do um overall I'm going to also say that the Giants are going to win this game it's going to be a little closer and a little bit lower I'm going to go 24-21 Giants nice. Okay All right Henry. Sounds good. Um, okay, so for uh, players to watch, I'm definitely – I'm going to go with TJ Hawkinson because, you know, the Giants have struggled with tight ends, and that wasn't any different, unfortunately, the last time these two teams played each other. So hopefully maybe the Giants can adjust second time around. Who knows? So that's a guy I'm going to go with for the Vikings. And as for the Giants – I also have a I have a feeling this is going to be another monster game from Kayvon Thibodeau. And keep in mind, guys, remember when I predicted that Kayvon Thibodeau was going to be player of the week and it mm-hmm. correctly happened against Washington? Sorry to be the one tooting my horn this time around. but <laughs> That's fine. Put it out I, there. I love it. You know yeah. what? I'm going to do it again. I'm going to predict that Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be player of the week again this week for the New York Giants. I I just have He's gotten better the bigger the game. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. He's got Uh, what? He's gotten better the bigger of the games. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he loves prime time. And hey, I I said there's going to be that one big defensive play, and it could easily involve Kayvon 100%. 
Yeah. He does not, you know, crumble under pressure. He craves it. Um, he did in Oregon. He is here. Um, he is that guy. And not to mention, I watched a ton of film on him as draft was coming. There was not one guy I was more confident in the Giants taking than Kayvon Thibodeau. Not that I wasn't confident in Neil. I was very high in him, too. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But Kayvon Thibodeau, from what I saw with Oregon, was an absolute monster. Yeah. And he's, gonna, he's only going to get even better the next few years. Oh, yeah. there, there's no doubt about it, in my opinion. Now, as for my game prediction goes... Unfortunately, I'm not quite as optimistic. I think the Vikings end up winning this one in a very close game. But reverse jinx, don't fail me now. I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Monsters Inc. score 23-19. We love it. <laughs> oh, Minnesota. There's a lot of guys, and we can go Udo. Can go Dalvin. I like Harrison Smith actually um, in this game. I think. He's the only good player in their secondary right now. Patrick Peterson is a million years old. Uh, Smith will have his hands tied. Five picks on the season and 10 passes defended. Um, He has to worry about guys like Patrick Peterson, who gave up that touchdown to Hodgins in Week 16. Chandon Sullivan allowed five receptions on six targets for 78 yards in that game. Smith needs to keep the secondary together and make sure they don't lose the Vikings the game early for me. So I think Harrison Smith and I'll just throw another one in there. Daniel Hunter had two sacks in that game too. He was very volatile, but for the giants, I'm going with, don't worry. It's not Kenny Galladay folks. It's Landon <laughs> Collins. My yeah, um, let's wow. see it. Why he's going to be matched up most likely against TJ Hawkinson. Okay. Because I, I, I think ideally when he was here the first time, they put him on tight ends. It didn't work out. He's improved his past coverage since mm-hmm. coming back. And I think he's the guy that's going to have to try to lock him up or contain him at least. There's no locking up TJ, but yeah. you want to contain him. And that's definitely a big portion of this game. I was torn between him and Hodgins because, like I said, I like Hodgins to score a touchdown, but I have James getting more yards. But I figured, why not go land the college, shake it up a little bit? But I like it. My score prediction. Um, Hank, I appreciate you picking the Vikings because when you pick the Giants, it usually doesn't work out. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Giants in this game. Um, I'm going to go final score. Um, see, I don't know if I think we're getting 27. I'm going to go 23-20 Giants. A lot of close games we all, here. We all kept think, it very close, all think, of us. Then a, entertain, a possession. Yeah. I got the 23-20 idea from Entertaina, I think. That's the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tudo has 24-17. Wow. Interesting. Right. Yeah. I just think that, like, and this is no bias, I think the Giants are a more exciting team at 9-7-1 and one than the Vikings are at 13-4. and four. We are just really putting it out there and you know mm-hmm. they don't they don't really reflect that record in my opinion so they don't we mentioned it before their point differentials too yeah. in, in yeah. the red I'll right say. but caitlin katie want to thank you both so much for joining us here tonight if you haven't already make sure to check them out folks at the real football fans of new jersey 
They're mainly on Twitter and Instagram. They're two primary accounts. Um, if I'm missing anything, let me know. But I um, <laughs> want to thank you both so much and uh, hope you both enjoy the game on Sunday. This is six years in the making. You know, no boat trip this time around. No staying <laughs> in the area. I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you guys so much for yeah. having us. And I hope we are all uh, next week on our on our shows talking about the Giants in the divisional round. So yeah. fingers crossed and uh, hopefully we come out with a with the win. Let's hope for a party on Sunday night. Uh, hopefully you guys are off of work on Monday. So let's extend the party and maybe on our shows next week, we'll all have like a three day hangover because of how happy we are. So let's <laughs> put that into existence here. So uh, Sunday night's a party for us. Let's put it out there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Ladies, thank you. Appreciate your time as always. And, thank you guys. Uh, go big blue. Thank you. Let's go giants. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. That was Caitlin and Katie from the Real Football Fans of New Jersey. Um, Wow. What a a chat. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah, they're fun to talk to. They're fun to talk to. I love it. It was a great show. It was. And I think I want to leave everyone with this one stat. In 2008, the Philadelphia Eagles were 9-6-1, and one, similar to the Giants, and they made it to the NFC Championship game. The Giants were the one seed that year, and they upset them in the divisional round after the Giants came off a bye. Giants lost three of their last four games that year. This time around, 14 years later, the Eagles are 14-3, and three, and Hank, correct me if I'm wrong, the Eagles lost two of their last three. So similar slip to the Giants. Now he's fact checking for me. <laughs> uh, I think you're right, but I I because I lost know the that they had they uh, lost the Saints. Yep. No, no, they won uh, two of their last three that regular season. Actually, I'm talking about. Oh, this wait, year. you're talking about this year. Yeah, Sorry. This year. No, no, no. Then you're you're right. Two out of three. So if the Giants win, they'll have the momentum. They go into Philly. Hank, I'll give you credit for saying this. We all know how tough it is to beat a team three times in one season. And I stand by that take. Giants had their bye week already. It was last week. So who cares? The Eagles get a first round bye. They, they just get one game further. And then, and then the Giants, if they upset the Eagles, they would advance to the NFC Championship game like the 9-6-1 Eagles did in 2008. Eventually, the Eagles got bounced there, but get this. The Giants are 5-0 and in NFC Championship games all-time Super Bowl. That's just imagine. Just imagine. You believe it, it will happen in the rebuilding year. We have to get past Minnesota first. In my opinion, the Giants... If they win next week, it's going to be – if they win this week, it's going to be very tough next week. Absolutely. But if they get by this week, you have to start to think about it. Uh Uh-oh. So threatening, Hank. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't do it. I just thought I'd get the baseball bat out out to be dramatic. But don't worry. I don't have any – I only have the bat, no shovels, if you know what I mean. (laughs) We don't need Carlos Correa. Get Carlos out of here. 
Tudo says, Tommy, it was a great show with your guests and their comments and everyone's opinions. Thank you, Tudo. Salute. Thanks, Tudo. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Have fun in Germany. Stay safe to get blown out by San Francisco. Uh, we'll see. Giants won't get the 49ers, though. It'll be it'll be the winner of the Bucks cowboys game. Yeah, as long as the Seahawks lose. Tudo says, LOL to you, Hank. But... <laughs> Sam, Hank, any final thoughts or words of wisdom before we head into this playoff game? This is probably the last time the three of us will all be here in the same room together talking until then. Uh, uh, I um, I just put the pressure on. (laughs) Speak it into existence, though. Positive thoughts. Good vibes. Just keep pushing it. Push it towards whatever direction East Rutherford, New Jersey is. Just keep on. In my, in my case, it's this way. Um, and just, I'm so excited for this game. I want nothing more for a than for a Giants win. And very excited to watch. You know, as strange as this sounds, I'm glad Sunday... I'm glad I lucked out with Sunday not being included in my Rangers plan. So that way I can be able to watch the Giants game somewhere, whether it be at my house or a bar somewhere in Westchester. Heck, maybe I even want to drive up to MetLife, give give the stadium a blessing, you know, give it some good vibes, whatnot. I don't I don't know where I'm gonna watch it, but I do know that I will be there to see it and as strange as this might sound, I would even trade a Rangers loss to the Habs. Not that that's going to happen. I think we're going to whoop Montreal's ass. I would trade a Rangers loss for a Giants playoff win. That's how big this game is. That's that's saying something. Yeah, when Tudo. you hear those words out of my mouth, yeah. Clearly, Tudo's joking with you, Hank. But, yeah, that, that was uh, a good one. But my last statement is this. Week 16, Saquon Barkley had that touchdown, that 27-yard rushing touchdown. That helped tie the game for the Giants. And then Daniel Bellinger eventually came up with that two-point conversion to help the Giants tie the game. I think Saquon will be the player of the game, like Katie was saying before. And I'd expect Bellinger to make some nice catches down the middle of the field. It will be open. It will be open. So I think Bellinger getting that week of rest as well, being healthy, It'll bode well for the Giants. Barkley, Bellinger, Hodgins, James, Slayton. That's our core, guys. And Daniel Jones leading the way. Danny Dimes. Folks, appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. We went a little long. It is a playoff show, so we should be going a little longer than normal. But if you are new and watching us for the first time, make sure to check us out on all of our social media, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at Big Blue Avenue. It's that time. Without further ado... Let's go big, big blue. blue.